I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, is that SAD or is that very, very, very real sadness about the fact that agriculturally they're failing? I mean, this is claiming it's SAD, yeah. but... <laughs> I'm like, if I'm, if I'm living in Northern Finland, I'd, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't grow any corn. Ah, oh, I'm in Alaska. Ah, oh, my wheat is failing. Shit. What do they Those grow are real there, problems. Inbreeding. They grow inbreeding. <laughs> That's like a broad... <laughs> like, bah! 2018, yeah. Alex, taking shots. You yeah. know what? <laughs> Why not a doctor 2018? This is the hard launch, son. Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You A Doctor Yet, the only podcast that uses cutting-edge science to answer the questions that you actually have. Things like, why is the sky blue, what's up with trees, and, ah, you, this boy, you can be depressed, hey, with your life, you will see depression when I send you back to enter country of choice. (laughs) (laughs) On my left, as always, I have Oz Ismail. Oz is a PhD student in neuroimaging and dementia a Tinder aficionado, and one states the meth head. That is all true. I came off Grindr onto Tinder. Are you ever going to tell us a story about the meth head? Because it's 2018. We want to know. I am I feel like I'll break it gently, episode by episode. <laughs> we got the long haul for this, man. Yeah. Yeah. And on my right, as always, I have Suhail Patel. Suhail is a cutting-edge journalist. He makes beautiful films and videos for the BBC. And he knows a lot about science. All lies. <laughs> okay, but you... I'm sure we taught you some <laughs> stuff. No, no, because we've been getting complaints about people saying you're picking on Sahel. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I can't. I don't want to have that. I'm not picking on Sahel. Sahel, Sahel and I have been friends for a very long time. Okay. He called me his best friend today. So... I did. I did. Yeah. Fucking wish that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't feel betrayed. I feel betrayed. He has enough love to share. I do. Everyone's my best friend. The Cesaro. So, guys, it's 2018 now. Shit. We've, like, put out nothing in January, but it's 2018. We've made it this far. We survived. I mean, yeah, we've made it. We've made it into the new year. We've made Mm. it. What did you guys get up to over Christmas and the new year? All types of shenanigans. Go on. Mainly crying. Eating, sleeping, not necessarily in that order, but, you know, <laughs> just that cycle. Why were you crying? It's a long story, man. Is it? I feel like, the, <laughs> I mean, the method story is long. How nah, many... I'm joking. I'm just being melodramatic. It's fine. What about yours? I have just been <laughs> crying. <laughs> I have been crying into my PhD data because I've had a lot of that to analyze. And that's all I've done. That sounds boring. It is. I'm sorry. I've been found out I am a boring person. So Aww. do you guys celebrate Christmas like properly? Like do you do stuff? Like, I made shit? Christmas dinner. Did you actually? Like I single handedly made Christmas Bit dinner. of Christmas curry, yeah? No. <laughs> no, I had like a proper Christmas roast. <laughs> How dare you? If you can't tell from the accents, both of these people are Asian, so it's okay. I'm definitely brown. <laughs> <laughs> like are you yeah like we do like a meal we like do a big meal at my house but we don't so you're, we you're don't s- celebrate like the holidays as, as you might like traditionally you're sikh right uh i'm muslim personally oh, my, fa- my family are muslim but yeah. i'm i don't i'm agnostic basically so 
controversial, I know, guys. Come on. Uh, the silence in the room said it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. all about you. Do, you. do you celebrate Christmas? I do. I do. My family is full of all kinds of religions and non-religious people. So, yeah, we do. We celebrate everything. We celebrate Eid. We celebrate Christmas. Actually, we only celebrate those two things. <laughs> <laughs> my family's African, so we celebrate everything extra. I think the soundtrack for my Yuletide was Boney M. Boney M are fucking great. Like, don't, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> my mum used to play that on loop. What do you mean used to? Well, I don't live with my mum anymore. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have any New Year's resolutions? I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. They're bullshit, aren't they? Like you, you make that? these like you make these goals at the beginning of every year. Yeah. And then you keep them for like one month. Yeah. And then it's bullshit. Like no one really follows through after. I, I don't know. Like, I've got good technique for this. Go I on. start my New Year's resolutions two weeks early. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It just works better, man. So really? but that means you stop two weeks early as well. That's true, but look. Look, I'm oh. getting somewhere with this thing. Alright, All right, what's your New Year's resolutions for 2018? My New Year's resolution is... I suppose it's like the same with everyone, isn't it? Just like, better, lose weight, like, eat better, exercise more. Okay, listen. Everybody, yeah. like, everyone says, like, all of these things every year, right? Yeah. But all that happens is the gyms just get really busy. Yeah, that's why I start two weeks early, bro. Yeah, but listen, right? I went to a spin class the other day, and it was, like, ridiculously early in this really one of these really fancy spin studios mm. and this guy's like keep going keep going you all woke up this early because you love yourselves and you love your bodies and i looked around and i was like pretty sure we all came here for the opposite reason <laughs> like none of that us in that room loved our bodies to be there <laughs> in the morning. let's be honest you're a beautiful man ozzy Oz, what does that have to do with uh, New Year's resolutions? Like, people do this for, like, a month. Like, they do it till, like, maybe halfway through February, and then they give up. But what's wrong with that? It's not a New Year's resolution. That's, like, a, a resolution new resolution. a month and a half. So you're saying there's no point trying something if you aren't going to do it, like, fully or fully. Is that what you're saying? I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and your PhD. Uh, f fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but PhD is, like, long haul. That's, like, a four-year resolution. Yeah, so... Every day, every day is new. Every day you gotta. Every day mine isn't. Going. Mine is fucking sad. I feel like I this is life coaching. Yeah. Like, it's like Aussie man, you can do it, bro. Just believe in yourself. Yeah, somehow, somehow this started off as me uh, going to roast Aussie and turning into uh, some life coaching. <laughs> so, guys, as always, we are going to chat about news. So, guys, mm. what have you seen in the news this week? So mine's quite relevant to the new year. Mm. So everyone has this phenomenon, I think, that they experience called the January blues. Have you experienced January blues? I am always sad. Oh no. Sadness <laughs> becomes me. Oh no. I am a silent mourning. I, I mean, I feel like I need to quickly back away from this news story. How do I like backpedal my way out? Uh, but no, there's good news. If you feel sad, because uh, it's January and... Mm. It's no longer Christmas and fun stuff isn't happening anymore. Yeah. But so basically this is a phenomenon that a lot of people experience because yeah. the days are quite short uh, around this time of year. Mm. But it does start, it, it, the days are starting to get longer. And generally people do experience a drop in mood when the days are shorter because there's less like sunlight that they, that they get. So what's the research? So in 2013, someone did actually... Uh, look at dawn stimulating light beginning mm. 30 minutes before waking up yeah and they found that these people experience better cognition better mood okay so what's so dawn simulating or dawn stimulating what's the difference the difference is i can't say i can't say one of those words. <laughs> you can't say stimulating i get confused with words that are very similar i'm sorry i'm foreign <laughs> You're from Walthamstow. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to pick when I want to be from where, depending on the situation. <laughs> but you know, I think you make a good point because I've been working irregular shifts. I've been working like six a.m. starts. I know, crazy in it. Waking up, me oh, getting up. At six a.m. Look, I get into work at six a.m. Invited commas yeah he's doing air quotes right now he doesn't realize this is an audio medium Pod, <laughs> podcast air quotes <laughs> slash uh basically i get into work late every day but that's the size of the point um but i've been working in regular shifts and i've been waking up like really really early or like going to bed really really late 
and I think that is a contributory factor. So what the study's saying is that I should get one of these, do this kind of light therapy to, yeah. Yeah, basically. So because daylight, day, like natural light suppresses mm. the production of melatonin, which is a hormone in your body that makes you sleepy. Mm. And so this is why people have started using uh, things like light therapy and light boxes. Yeah. But there's only there's only one study from what I can find that have actually scientifically used this. But there's this professor now who she's claiming that this is actually a good use of light light nutrition as yeah. they're calling it. Yeah. Uh, where you uh, either like induce this kind of uh, g- gradual increase of light in your room when mm. the days are shorter, before just before you wake up, or uh, there's also they're also claiming that you can maybe use it depends on the wavelength that you use so mm. like red light like blue lights tend to keep you uh, the wavelength of blue light keeps you awake more which is why they tell you not to use smartphones or like devices just before you go to bed because mm. so, that has the opposite effect to like sending you to sleep basically because I have a app on my phone uh, that like puts red light over my screen and I use the same thing on my laptop something mm. called flux yeah and it, it, like it matches with the sunrise and the sunset so it gives it sort of a, a red reddish tint yeah so so t- apparently the red light what it does is it actually in enha- it's better for you if you're trying to go to sleep so that that's why you have these apps so there, there was this new story was actually talking about apps like that which changes the light level mm. in your devices so that you're not Overstimulated, you know, trying to go to sleep. Yeah, but I mean, this is fairly well known as a widespread. But I think the weather that links to to depression in January, it's so, a con- combination of factors, isn't it? More so. Well, I think so. Yeah. Like, there's there's whole there's whole condition got like so, so seasonal uh, seasonal affective disorder. A seasonal yes, affective it, disorder. Yeah. Yes. So there's in general the population apparently. The general population all do experience drop in mood, mm. but then some people experience this significantly, and those people will then be—I don't know if diagnosis is the term—but they'll be classed as people suffering from seasonal affective disorder. So one of my family members has um, SAD, seasonal affective disorder, mm. and um, he has one of those big light boxes, and he lives um, up in—he um, lives up in Sweden. Sweden. Uh, yeah, and so he has all sort of these light boxes, and so those have very short days. And it's quite interesting. And I, I was talking to him about it, and I always find it really funny because when I talk to my mom about it, she's like, "Of course he has SAD. He's a black man in Sweden. What, <laughs> what, what did you expect to happen?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's a good point, actually. Like, but does, does that make a difference? So the fact that I've got, you know, darker skin, less, more melanin, shouldn't I get less? Because this is what my doctor said I didn't have enough vitamin E or something. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. That's yeah. So, so it's yeah. a PSA for anyone. This is it's for anyone who yeah. who is. Who's Man. ever had their CV thrown out without because of their name? Um, <laughs> it for, any, for anyone that's ever well, had, it can't the, be a problem for you, Alex Lathbridge. Uh, mm. First things first. Yes, it, no. I actually get through. I get through the CV stage. I get through. The, I get to the Skype um, video interview, and they're like, like "Whoa, <laughs> wait a second, yo, we you did not try exist having a name like Osama Ismail." <laughs> Look, yeah, your parents named you culturally, okay? <laughs> all right. What did it bred good character into you? All right, you can sure. take a punch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a lot of those. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're a gay brown man mm. called Osama. Like life is difficult for you, and you're. I accept that. <laughs> I can take it. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no. Vitamin D is really important. No, no, if you are, if you do have uh, increased melanin, if you are brown, um, it is very important for you to take vitamin D because at this longitude, latitude, longitude, latitude, at this, yeah. how far are we up? Yeah. We do not how far up we are. We don't get enough natural sunlight. So this is a good point. So um, people have actually looked at SAD in different like different parts of the world. Mm. It's apparently like northern Finland and Alaska. Northern Finland, that's 9.9% of people. Uh, sorry, 9.5% of people in fin- northern Finland, 99 in Alaska. Yeah. But then you look at someone somewhere like sunny Florida, it's 1.4%. Okay, is that SAD or is that very, very, very real sadness about the fact that agriculturally they're failing? I mean, this is claiming it's SAD, but... <laughs> I'm like, if I'm, if I'm living in Northern Finland, I'd, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't grow any corn. Ah, oh, I'm in Alaska. Ah, oh, my wheat is failing. Shit. What do they Those grow are real problems. Then? Inbreeding. They grow inbreeding. 
<laughs> That's like a brawl. <laughs> like, bah! 2018, yeah. Alex, taking shots. You yeah. know what? <laughs> Why not a doctor 2018? This is the hard launch. Brawl generalizations of Finland. Ah! 2018. <laughs> Watch me get run up by some Finnish. I know. <laughs> Finnish nationalists. It's like, ah, I heard you talking spicy on your <laughs> podcast. They got tabs on us, man. <laughs> can't go to the Finnish embassy anymore. <laughs> so is there anything that people can do about like having SAD uh, if they aren't going to buy a light box? Can we do something far more interesting than just having a light box? Absolutely. Like all our homes, I think, are getting smarter and smarter these days. Mm. You can you can install devices where you can control your home basically with apps. For example, at my house, we've got a Nest so you can control the heating depending on when you want to come home or like when you are home. Oh, look at Oz trying to cheeky plug the nest, trying to get some nest money. Hashtag humble brand. (laughs) (laughs) I live in a nice house. Um, Oh, look at me. Look at this zone three flex. I mean, it is Leighton Stone. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, But no, you can do, you can, people have been installing these smart devices. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's got a nest yeah. oh yeah you know i can control my heating and my lights from you know remotely but i also do have that real problem of there's a guy on my street who's on crack <laughs> you win some you lose some oh. that's a bit of culture though isn't it you know I mean? <laughs> what, that's, 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 everyone culture. tells me this is what it's like to live in london I'm Damn, like, yeah, look, sure. if, if if my next door neighbor has that wild crack finger you know that longer like I'm not that isn't culture that's I'm not here for that Listen. that's gross yeah exactly you're not here for the crack finger all right that's not culture <laughs> like you know like, I don't want to know my neighbor's names I definitely don't want to know my neighbor's names if they got the crack finger wrong <laughs> <laughs> with a bit of crack I finger. mean none of my neighbors have the crack finger just saying in case my neighbors are listening <laughs> <laughs> no because you live in London therefore you don't know who your neighbors are I know my some of my neighbours are really nice people. Oh. I know some of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is this is a testament to people that don't live in London and listen to this. This is a testament to how nice Osama Ismail is. I know, I know, it's true. He communicates with strangers, yeah. <laughs> and I take in their packages for them. <laughs> Phrasing. I mean, I shouldn't. Now that you've said that, I'm like, fuck. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, okay. so 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 if you have a net, so if you if you're able to control your house, you can what control the light. So levels? you can like you can actually install devices that can control the level of light, mm. what, what rooms you want the light in. You can change the colors of light depending on what wavelength you want and what time of day it is. So people are investing in these things so they can make their houses smarter so that it doesn't affect their mood and also helps them sleep better. That's really really cool. I know. I I haven't got that yet in my house, <laughs> but I'm just hinting so that you know my landlords who are my family <laughs> install like the next level nest <laughs> please sister yeah please ah <laughs> uh, okay cool so so we're saying seasonal affective disorder is an issue but we could potentially use smart technology to control it absolutely i think so, so but you know that then that's just one aspect of the many, many things, many, many ways people get get affected at this time of year. There's so many different reasons why people feel down, I think, in January. January blues is so much more complicated than seasonal affective disorder. I thought that, I honestly thought that January blues were a myth. I thought it was bullshit. I read a thing by Dean Burnett, I think, mm-hmm. on The Guardian, that was like, yeah, like January blues is bullshit. Or people saying that, I think it was like the Blue Monday Idea yeah, I think month. Blue Monday is to, like I I definitely read that. It mm. said that was complete bullshit, and I could completely see why. Yeah, I know because like I like the idea that there's one period of time, like one day, or there's one month, or there's one like the idea that there's one period of time that's sadder mm. than any other point in the year, like really fucks me up. Also, it fucks me off because like no, I'm sad the entire year round. Oh. I'm a sad, no. Hey, don't don't bore me. Okay, I'll work through it make very very good comedy sets about it um (laughs) did you guys see that story about the mummy that they found yeah where where, where was she as a swiss mummy yeah yeah, the swiss mummy who uh had died of syphilis i think 
didn't see how she died, but I know she, she was related. To I think no, I think I think they used to treat people with syphilis. Hey, that's crazy. Using mercury. You think about it, isn't it? Fucking hell. No, because I have a thing. Right, I've, yeah. I've got this theory that you know, when you look back in time, you're like, oh shit, that's crazy. Like, yeah. you used to treat people who have syphilis with mercury. Why would you do that? You know, apparently, it used to do more damage than actually help. But... It used to kill them essentially. Or, or like, yeah. or, you know, like in the early I think 1900s, like yeah. Coca-Cola actually had coca leaf extract and shit. <gasps> but like, what? In, pers- in hindsight in hindsight yeah. you're like whoa that's crazy but now I'm thinking oh shit what things am I doing today that in the future be, yeah. you're like why the fuck did you what take you vitamin D <laughs> you know think about it like thinking like ways of treating cancer and stuff like radiation therapy and how it's evolved over time but like we could look back on that in like a hundred years and think that's a really yeah. stupid way of doing that like, like you know my, my biggest fear is like I say biggest fear no fuck mm. it's my biggest fear like in 2043 mm. someone's gonna find like this super simple way of not curing cancer but like something better that's treating cancer mm. or treating the common cold and they were like why did these people for hundreds of years do things that were damaging to themselves I'm but like, oh no that's part of the journey isn't it you gotta go through the stuff that doesn't that's work true. That's true. to get to the thing that does work so it's nothing's time wasted is it but i guess if you're just ending your whole life on it like you know it could seem like that no i just don't want to i don't want to be in a position i think for me it's more selfish now i don't want to be in the position <laughs> in like 200 years time who look back in his life and they're like oh what a fuck boy yeah, look at him is, look like, at him how did he die he died from what what from, from some radiation thing ah you idiot why didn't you take this very very but, simple combination of proteins ah you fucking mug look I, at you yeah you died at what 88 ha ah, our life expectancy is 143 <laughs> you bitch <laughs> but the thing is like you're not gonna you're not gonna be affected by the embarrassment it's your like it's your descendants yeah so like the funny thing about this news story is like they found part of their research was they found this mummy was related to boris johnson like why was that part of their research that's not a story how old is his mummy it's like the well it's like 200 years old isn't it but it's like basically it says listen how how old's the mummy so the mummy is from the 1600s and europe yes and it's what what year are we in now 2018 so that's like 400 years that's i don't know how many generations of so humans it tells that, mum, you. that mummy is related to so many people yeah, yeah but why did they why did like, no, yeah. listen to the, the yeah. news actually says their research revealed a surprise the woman is the great 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 grandmother of uk foreign secretary boris johnson their research revealed they actually researched this no no it probably means that they Chances are they have like Boris Johnson's DNA on file for some reason. Really? Look, for some unknown, maybe they have his like, DNA on file for something else. And, or, or he's whatever. Not, he's a what, cyborg though, so. No, 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 no. Okay, because AI is effective. <laughs> <laughs> watch, him, watch, him, watch him put this out and then they're like, Alex has been killed. Yeah. But ineffectively. I need to go to America. Okay. <laughs> through racism. America. Um, no, no, no. But look, yeah. that, that's not a story because she died in the 1600s and it's 400 years something late. It's 400 years later now. She's related to lots and lots of people. Yeah. If it's true. No, no, no. Not yeah. see what I'm saying. It's not, not like, uh, I guess. I see what you're saying. It's yeah. like, it's fact. But it's just a, the reason why it's a news story is because it's a bit fun, isn't it? To just have a picture of Boris's I, face next to this old fucking messed up mummy and shit. It's just a good way to take the piss out of him, isn't it? But okay. Another thing about that story is apparently she got syphilis while treating people with syphilis which i find very suspect <laughs> no wait, how do they know that that's i'm like, I'm like wait a second huh? how the fuck do you know that she could just be fucking bare people with syphilis in it she could just be getting down you know what wow. i mean wow mate really? can you yeah. don't slut shame the mummy yeah no i'm not I'm yeah, exactly not, let, let the mummy like, live her life i'm just like look man you don't need to cover for her she's dead for 400 years you know what I mean she might have got syphilis from treating people with syphilis realistically what happened to it like uh, look we don't know you weren't there were you there yeah I was <laughs> <laughs> okay pal you win damn I'm sorry damn <laughs> that. you got me I didn't realise we had the the, the, the time travelling Mujahideen in here <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised at what we got at the BBC <laughs> You don't know that. That's the uh, that's a spin-off of uh, Doctor Who. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, please, it's when, can we make that? When it's dubbed in like in in the Middle East, it becomes a time traveling mujahideen. <laughs> so that mummy, 
the fact that she's a great, 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 mm. great, whatever mm. of Boris Johnson as a non-story. She's the great, 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 I mean, great there, the good, the, so for people. me, the fascination in that story is the fact that they can still trace you know, DNA back, like, that is that old. Yeah. I, I think that's really fascinating. And like, that they can tell how yeah. she died. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, have you guys ever done any of those ancestry tests? I really want to. Yeah? I want to as well. I've had relatives who've done it. Yeah? What yeah. did they find out? That I'm actually not African in my ancestry. That makes sense. Because I was, I was literally trying to, like, manually trace it without any, like, scientific, like, method. And <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it just you going around Sri Lanka? It's like, am I related to you? Am no, I related to you? I mean, Did you take care of me when I was a kid? Am I related <laughs> to you? Do you find all the people that are like, I remember you when you were this big and you start going backwards. No, but I was, like, trying to, like, trace back the ancestry of Sri Lankan Moors. And turns out they kept, they're a mix of um, Iberia, Middle East, Somalia... Malaysia, like there's so many different groups of people that came to Sri Lanka in like 13th century or whatever, bringing trade, Are and you... and because of colonization, which we which we don't want to talk about because we might go off on one. <laughs> but seriously, like it's so interesting. I really want to know, like, uh, so Sri Lankan Moors are someone has studied their, their genetic makeup. And turns out that of all Sri Lankans, the more population are the most genetically diverse because there was a lot of intermarrying between these groups. So what are they mixed between? Uh, like Malaysia, India, um, Pakistan, Somalia, um, like parts of Spain, I guess Spain and Portugal, uh, Middle East. So there's so many different groups. Are you aware that you are like genetically, like your, your heritage is essentially white people's favorite street food in 2018 i mean yeah <laughs> i can be reduced to that fine that's <laughs> a good thing to be reduced to man I mean, yeah it's like literally every street food market in london is me <laughs> i go there and i'm like all of this food is familiar to me <laughs> and the funny thing is talking about this i read this or i saw this uh, article that apparently um these dna testing people um, they do fill the numbers a bit. Like, for example, with racists, for example, they purposely try and... Have you heard about this? No. They, they purposely round up the numbers of, like, African DNA and stuff in, in racist people. Like, I don't know how it works, but apparently, like, racist people are doing DNA, DNA tests. <gasps> so they're finding out that they're black. I'm finding out they're, like, 2% black or something. And, and oh, they're those, freaking out. They're like, oh my God, what's those going on? Those are my favorite videos on YouTube. If you type in racist finds, racist <laughs> DNA test, it's my fucking favorite. I can watch that shit for hours. Some Is people, that true? Some people at my work will like watch ambient music stuff or they'll watch like cat videos. I'm there watching Jerry from Louisiana find out like his great, 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 great grandma was from Liberia. I'm there like, <laughs> But they have, they get like cognitive dissonance. They, like, they don't believe it. They, they find ways to rationalize it. They'd be like, oh, they're lying about the DNA test. And to be fair, this is what they did. They asked the companies and they were like, yeah, we just round it up sometimes. Now nah, we just fucking just with them. Fuck with them. <laughs> I was like, shit. But this is the thing. Right? I, think... <laughs> I was like, if I was working there, I'd 100% do that. <laughs> with DNA tests, yeah. they're really quite unreliable because they have small sample sizes in some populations. So I know with um, mm. things like 23andMe, they'll have very small sample sizes for sub-Saharan African, like different nations. So they just group the entire thing together. Same with Central Africa, same with sort of Southern Africa. But Europe, they'll split up into different countries because they have a lot more data. Hang on, yeah. so if I do the test, mm. is it just gonna be like, you're from Sri Lanka? It'll probably, it'll probably say that, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they get- Because I know that. <laughs> because sometimes they get even like, they get even more messed up. Like I have some apparently Native American uh, heritage in me and I'm like thinking going back like what, how would any part of my family have mixed with Native American and I'm like ah slavery um, yeah I see I see <laughs> but at the end of the day it's your fucking human isn't it? what's yeah. the big deal man but the thing is no, this no, no, is no, why no. I think it's important like yeah. I used to ha really hate this like 23andMe and all this all this stuff right yeah because I just think if you're doing it to find out things like how your health or how your life is gonna like be affected in the future it's I don't think that's very healthy. I, I'd rather not know. But for like an ancestry point of view, mm. it's really important and it's really interesting because we're all fucking immigrants at the end of the day. But yeah, but 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 here's, here's the thing: yeah. they've actually the FDA made them stop doing health tests. 
Really? They still yeah. offer them though. No, no, no. They, they'll give you ancestry and like some subtle health ones, like oh. not not real ones. When I did it, um, so if you if you sign up for it now, you don't get the full package. You get like the non one so kind of like the funny party things like you have wet earwax oh your hair might be curly when, my, when i did it, it was like yeah you are sensitive to warfarin so you might be like more genetically likely to get alzheimer's and like really? yeah bre- like the breast hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Answer ones, Brie RCA, and they're like, and so stuff that really fucks you up. And then they were like, the the American FDA were like, yeah, you cannot um, do that. You're not allowed to do that, and because Twenty Three and Me are based out of mm. Silicon Valley but and that's stuff. It. It's not. not it's not. It. So, what? 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 How do you benefit from knowing this information? Do you know what I mean? Mate, it was one of the best things. It's it's, it's some of the stuff that keeps me existentially happy. Sad. No, sad. Existentially sad. That, really? I was going to say, how did that make you feel when you found out? So that? fucking terrified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But exactly. hey, I'm 2.8% Scandinavian, so it swings that, around so a bit. That, yeah. that part there is interesting. Go. So I, because they still offer the ancestry test, mm. I really want to do it because having discovered that I could be from one of many different countries mm. and so many different parts of the world, I kind of want to know now. So if it's done like that, then if I was a North Korean and I did a DNA test, mm. would it come up? It wouldn't say North Korean. It would just say Korean. Asian. Yeah, or, so, yeah, yeah, Asian or subsection Korean. They don't have enough data to be able to split it up mm. in those certain areas. Also, you know... Would it say I'm a Londoner? No, Landing. it wouldn't say from London. It would, I mean, they say sort of broadly British, um, mm. sometimes Welsh. Um, yeah. di- but different companies. I've only done 23 of me. Different companies have different uh, abilities. But at the end of the day, it's all nonsense and bullshit. Um, mm. A good person uh, to read... A good book to read um, is The History of Everyone That's Ever Lived yeah. by Adam Rutherford. He talks a lot about um, sort of genetics and history and stuff, and it's a really good insight into it. And also, I'm plugging it because um, I met him once, and he knows a fucking lot about hip-hop. So, like... I You're didn't... just fanboying. No, 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 no. I'm willing to plug the book of anyone who is willing to put, like, a heavy 808 under a radio 4 program that's what i'm about like if, if so you're not gonna like plug my thesis when no I no of course not but if, <laughs> if 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 he's willing to you know you know remix his one of his radio 4 science programs into a grime track then like <laughs> i'm gonna plug his book he hasn't done Fine. that yet but i'm hoping doing well, this will well, build up some good good you know good good rapport i mean i hope i hope so keep the yeah. dream alive hello listeners oz here And I just wanted to tell you about a few gigs that I'll be doing over the next few weeks in London where you can catch me live in the flesh without Alex or Suhail because fuck them, I am the best one. On the 15th of February, I'll be posting a show called The Science Museum, which is basically an improvised comedy panel show that features loads and loads of science news. So if you like news, you should come. But if you don't like news, you should still come because a lot of the news is going to be fake news. If that's not your bag and you prefer stand-up comedy, I'll be co-hosting Science Show Off on the 20th of February, where you can catch 
Loads of science people make jokes on stage while you just sit back and have a few drinks. Or if like me, you're an East Londoner, I'll be performing in Stratford on the 22nd of February at the Stratford Circus Art Centre doing UCL Bright Club's 10th anniversary gig. So do come and say hi. Links to the tickets will be on the podcast notes below or on our Twitter page at Why Not A Dog. All right, back to the podcast. So guys, we haven't put a podcast out in a while and I'll tell you why. It's because I've been fucking depressed. Just, I lost all motivation to do anything over Christmas and it bled into January. And yeah, it's been... Sometimes I get that way. Do you yeah. guys ever have... Don't be sad, Alex. Oh, that's... Yeah, so tell someone when they're dealing with mental health issues. Nah, fam, just don't be sad. Don't yeah. be sad. Let me don't cheer Kate you Hopkins up this. with a nice All right. little song. Right. <laughs> don't be, don't be, it's not that deep. Don't be, don't be my parents about this. <laughs> Let no, me Kate give Hopkins you nice, told people who are depressed to go big for a run. Hug. That'll no. cheer you up. No, but seriously, guys. Have you guys ever dealt with mental health issues? Yeah, absolutely. I've um, suffered from depression in the past. Uh, just last year, I had quite a lot of anxiety issues. Um, and yeah, like you say, it comes and goes. Sometimes you have good days, sometimes you have bad days. Um, yeah. How about you, Sohel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it, sticky yeah. to bar makes me sad. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. So like... Um, so nah, genuinely. Been... No, genuinely. No, for real. It's a serious issue. And talking about anxiety and stuff and, and getting depressed, you know, I think a lot of us deal with that silently. And it's a big issue in society. Yeah, like for instance, so um, the most recent uh, st- stats from Mind suggest that 5.9 in mm. 100 people suffer from anxiety in mm. England alone. Mm. And then for depression, it's 3.3 in 100 people. Mm. And then the next, the next most common thing is phobias, OCD post-traumatic stress disorder um so yeah it's it is yeah i mean talking about depression like we talk about seasonal like uh what's the seasonal disorder and depression what's the how would you clinically what's the difference between having like being a little bit sad or being like full-on depressed like what is the distinction so seasonal affective disorder i if i understand correctly is purely based on people having uh, suffering from low mood mm. at a certain point in the year based on the fact that yeah. there's not enough sunlight and that's what triggers it basically. yeah yeah Whereas depression does is is it's not triggered in that way mm. there's so many different reasons why people become depressed yeah do you know it's funny because sometimes like i don't know about you guys but like you know your mood can switch quite slightly. something can affect you and just take you to that place can't it like you know it might be a girl not texting you back or you know or you know something at work or and that can just trigger you to take you to that place sometimes don't you think like oh yeah completely like i'm so i'm I'm doing a, a phd and for people that aren't doing a phd and therefore have made good life choices what a phd essentially is <laughs> Imagine being on a desert island. Yeah. And you're on a desert island um, and you're trying to build like a rocket ship out of sand. Yeah. And you're completely alone. And every so often, a person comes out of a trap door and just says, you're shit. And then goes away. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that for like three years, five years if you're in the US. That's very sad. that is essentially, so yeah, yeah, that's PhD. But that's that's a good point. It's like, well, life wears you down. Oh, com- that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. completely. And I, I thought, like, so growing up in a West African household, I mm. thought, you know what, I can deal with this. Like, I was always brought up to think that depression or even mental health issues were the problem that only the affluent had or only, you know, white people had these problems because it was something that... Mm it was a problem that you had when you had time to be existential and weren't thinking about just survival yeah so that's interesting because so so from my sort of family background the asian background that i come from it was i think people acknowledge that depression and anxiety and all these mental health issues exist they just don't talk about it because it's seen as a uh, a reason to be ashamed Mm. So shame is attached to all of these mental health conditions. Mm. So you're not allowed to talk about it. It's improving now for sure. Mm. But I remember when I was growing up and my family have a lot of different types of mental health issues throughout through different parts of the family. Mm. And all of that was so hush hush. And I had to, I remember just like either read up about stuff that was happening myself or like only find out about it when I was much, much older. 
Mm. And there's there's definitely a certain element of don't talk about it, it's shameful. And that that affected me when I was depressed when I first moved to the UK for many reasons because mm. I thought I was not allowed to talk about it because it's not something that affects brown people. That's true. I think, you know, in, in ethnic minority communities, some of them, especially Asian ones, where there's a big... Uh, how, like it's it's a big issue like family honor and stuff like that and mm. keeping up appearances you know you have this thin veneer of like everything's okay but i think you know you're right like looking at it in context like a lot of people a lot of us do get these mental health issues and should be open and discuss them um and you know for example with my older brother he's been depressed a lot like i could tell he's got the symptoms but he won't ever admit it mm. and you know Partly that's to do with honor. Partly it's to do with like the pseudo kind of machoism, where it's like you know, I'm, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, for example. But if people were more willing to discuss it and be open about it, and you know, it, it's, it helps to have that support network around you to discuss issues and stuff. And the thing is, because of that stigma, so I have members of my family who suffer from depression very badly at the moment, mm. and they refuse to take any medication because like in the past they've grown up in this environment where they've seen other people take medication and be branded as crazy mm. and so for that reason they refuse to take medication and they don't take care of themselves because they're not actually addressing the issue yeah so for me um a lot of my mental health issues relate to the fact that i have epilepsy mm-hmm. and i got diagnosed sort of quite late in life um and generally if you get diagnosed with like a, a chronic illness um, especially if you're a minor, um, you're meant to do like counselling, like from the start. Right. Yo, my parents did not do that. They were like, "Oh, what?" And you, why was that? They were literally like, "Yo, they, they were they were like." So my parents were like, "Oh, you know, they, they've come from a place like in West Africa. Mm-hmm. No, they come from Ghana, where you know, if you have epilepsy, if you have you know disease like this, it's not you, know, you aren't always going to be able to get the medication." So think about that. Like, if that's your baseline, if that's your baseline where you wow. you're in a place where actually, if you have these sort of long term chronic mm. issues, that could be, you know, depending on your luck in life, you know, mm. how affluent you are, um, your access to these sorts of medicines, mm. you know, that could be you done. That's but tough. considering that, you know, you've and that's your baseline, and now you're in the UK, and then you see your child has you know this chronic disorder. And they're able to get medication like that, see the doctor like that, do anything like you know like that, mm-hmm. and life isn't disrupted. Yo, they are fucking fine. They're, yeah. they're, like, they're like, oh yeah, that's fine, that's great, life is great for you. Mm-hmm. But me, my baseline is very much the UK, so I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah. right. Also, I'm the one having seizures. <laughs> it's like context, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah, it's context. Complete, it's completely context. Yeah. But I was meant to have like generally you're meant to have counselling, um, and I did not have that, so I only started doing that last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, how's it been? Um, okay, let me tell you what happened in the beginning. This is a saga. <laughs> Shit, this is. I'm about to get comfortable. Yeah, for no, this story. Go. Right, so people listen at home, get comfortable. This. <laughs> all right. So this has. This is a three act structure. I start from the beginning. So I was like, okay, I went to my GP. GP is really good because I went there. I said I need a same day appointment. Mm. It got me one. I was like, yes, yeah, great. And I went there and I was like, okay, I need to make something up because I can't just rock up and be like, yep, I've got mental health issues. So I started off doing a quick five minute thing about like toenail fungus. <laughs> I was like, I think I've got a weird growth in my toenail, but it turned out that I actually did have a weird growth in my toenail. But like, <laughs> look, that's a non-story anyway. Like, so eventually I said, you know, I'm having sort of mental health issues. Yeah. You need to talk about it. And they were really good. They said, okay, we don't do it in-house, but um, we have someone that comes in externally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, that's really great. They said, all you have to do to make an appointment is call them. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. So they wrote a number down. I was like, okay, they wrote a number down. And I said, they said, you know, give them a call and then make the appointment through there and then you have it here. I was like, okay, great. So I do it. I go home and I leave for a couple of days because I'm like, I'm trying to psych myself up. Um, and then I call them. <clears throat> I call them and I get no response. I was like, okay, it's a bit weird. Call them again, and someone sort of picks up, and it's sort of like quite garbled. And I couldn't hear it, but I had like a really shitty phone at the time. Mm-hmm. You ever have that, like when you, you know, when you ring up and you're like, oh, this, my phone is terrible. yeah, Blake's yeah, yeah <laughs> like this. I'm, I'm on this Blake cheap phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Motorola Razor. Yeah, I'm on this super old Razor phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get this sort of garbled noise, and I was like, uh, okay. And then I called them up again, and I get an answering machine. 
And so I'm like, oh, okay. I immediately would hang, hang up at that stage. <laughs> yeah. So I was, like, I was like, okay, got onto your mm. machine, that's good. You know, uh, it was after five o'clock, so I was like, fine. No. And so I left my name, uh, my like, number, and like reasons why I called, um, which is what you generally meant to do. And then uh, I left it. And then I was like, they haven't called me back. Also, this is a bit weird. Mm. Uh, and so I tried calling again, didn't get anyone, didn't even get an answering machine. And and I googled the number. So, who were you calling? Yeah, so um, no. Right. Who do you think it was? Just just uh, uh, give me some guesses. It's gonna be like some department store. Mm-hmm. Boris Johnson. An ex. <laughs> uh, Your university. Pizza Hut. Turns out that when I wrote the number into my phone. I mixed up two of the numbers. Yeah, God, yeah. I did not call a therapist. I called Bristol's Prime Greek Restaurant. No way. <laughs> there is a place in Bristol right now <laughs> that knows, that all, knows of all of my mental health history. <laughs> knows all of my and neuroses. Make good Greek food? They make amazing fucking food. I can never go there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you know how fucking difficult it is? Now, right now, I've been conditioned now. So anytime I go to counselling, I do it now, I do it through my university. Anytime I go counselling and come out, I get, I'm fucking conditioned. I want some halloumi cheese. I was going to say. Like... <laughs> Yo, actually, you made it fucking worse. What made it fucking worse was I had people uh, in my group chat yeah. and I told them about this. And you think people in your group chat are going to be nice and sensitive to your mental health issues? No, because all of my friends are comedians. Oh, what did they say? They were like, oh... Was it therapy from a Greek restaurant? You should be souflaki. Don't worry, Alex. Things will get fetter. (laughs) I love a good food pun. I mean, I'm I'm all for a good pun. I fucking hate these people. (laughs) I love cheese. No, but I think I'm just saying, like, even even though going through all that, Mm, think about how funny that is. That is a journey through mental health. That's a journey through like finding mm, your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, have you guys ever like done counselling or gone through that? Uh, mm. Many times, yeah. yeah. So when I, for me, like you say, the first time I went for counselling, it was a massive. It was a very difficult step to take because I've been conditioned to not acknowledge my mental health because it's it was it was at the time a shameful thing to to say that you were going through. Um, so I made appointments. I would not turn up or cancel I, I was at uni at the time so I would just ring up and I'll say I need some help but then I would like cancel or not turn up to the appointment and it took a lot for me to actually finally go and actually talk about the stuff that was bothering me and the only way I can describe it and I, I continued to do it for many years and the only way I can describe it it was like taking a box full of all my mind junk and turning it upside down and emptying it on the floor and then recategorizing stuff from your past like it's it's very textbook like from past childhood um hopes and fears like everything was just mixed up and i just had to empty it out and then start to recategorize them in different places i'm not saying that fixed everything like even last year i was in therapy for various reasons but what it did was it what i learned from the process is go go to therapy because it helps so much and forget about or like mm. try and overcome any kind of stigma mm. that you're conditioned to 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 feel mm. because that's once you get past that the stigma is bullshit also yeah wise words i think that's i think that is yeah. really like it's really true but i will say something hilarious because i'm doing a phd in bath all of the therapists are like from bath and the surrounding area it's very difficult explaining the black london experience <laughs> to yeah. a woman from like Somerset. <laughs> this is interesting because, like, all, like for example, like my therapists, um, most of them, yeah, have been white women, mm. and sometimes at the beginning, especially, I found it really difficult to like explain to them this kind of Asian experience I was having. Mm. But of course, they were brilliant therapists, and they kind of helped me so much. But I think you're right. Sometimes it's it's hard to get across why you're struggling to even talk about something. Yeah. Try and tell my therapist, like you know, I'm I'm struggling to to find my place in the world and at the same time like put that together with the idea that i don't believe in um any sort of religion you know mm. I, I don't have 
that blind mm. faith but at the same time I want mm. to feel part of something greater and I'm lacking mm. that and she sort of said well you know you she sort of she said to me so you so you lack that faith have you know have you told your parents about this I was like ah what my sister you want me to die <laughs> yeah it's like damn <laughs> like, what? You, want, yeah. you want them to kill me Look, so this is, yeah, the, this is the other thing so like I I had a similar experience with talking about my sexuality because that was one of the when I first moved to the UK that was one of the one of the many reasons why I was struggling. I've got and this idea. When you say it like that, I've got the idea that as soon as you, you know, when you go to like a hot country and you get off the plane and that warm air hits you. I mean, my the, hair was the crazy. idea that you, you came off that plane yeah. from Bahrain and just <laughs> you yeah. like like fucking Sailor Moon transformation yeah. just to come out fabulous, <laughs> just like, literally no frizz. <laughs> just um, like on the plane, you were like perfectly closeted, and then as soon as you walked out, bam. Yeah, rainbows shot out of the air just unicorns and all type of shit <laughs> that's what I hope I, I'd like to think that was my experience but yeah. no seriously like it was it was very difficult to talk to someone because I was not used to even talking about I was not used to, I was not used to talking about sex let alone sexuality mm. so it was so difficult and you, you were taught uh, especially from where I came from like to not talk about sex and sexual stuff yeah. so it was so difficult to like even open that door and like be like you know, I am experiencing this thing and I want to talk about it, but I don't know how, and I don't know how to connect with you because it's difficult on so many levels, you know? In a way, you must have felt quite trapped in that, when in during that time before the, you had the outlet to talk yeah. about this stuff, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Quite isolated. I was going to say, like, when mm. I've never gone through something like that because, again, like, my dad was... My dad was a gynecologist. So if there was one thing I learned by the age of 11, if not my nine times tables, it's what a vulva was. <laughs> so what's it like not being able to talk about sex and stuff? So it's very, so I was, it's very, it's very. Sorry, I'm laughing at my own joke. <laughs> I, it's, it's really hard to like even imagine it because, so my sister went back to Sri Lanka recently and she found all our childhood books and she found this biology textbook where she was like, I brought this back because it's the, it's the place where I actually learned about sex because we didn't have like, until, until you got to your GCSE level, they didn't teach you about sex. Like really? we didn't have sex education. So, and it's so funny. Where, where was I, this? Bahrain? In Sri Lanka. Okay. And then I picked up this book and I was like, holy fuck, like this is exactly the book where even I learned about sex. So yeah. how old were you? But I was like, I don't know, I think I was like 10 or something. Yeah. I was like, so you're doing GCSE at 10? No, no, no. Me. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, what yeah. I mean is, I did my GCSEs when I was like 13, I think. Shit. Isn't that normal? Yeah, no, no, that's no, 15. That's, that's 15. 15. Um, see, this is this is why the international community are beating us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they learn about sex later, but they're doing GCSEs earlier. No, but then then we like learned about the biological process that is like making like human life. Mm. But I remember as a child sex. reading this book and like being like, oh, this is interesting that <laughs> like penises and vaginas have other uses because yeah. nobody told us this, you know. Mm. Well, it said something like, this is etched into my brain. Um, the man puts his erect penis into the woman's vagina. Uh, sperm is uh, ejaculates from the man's penis into the woman's vagina and it like swims up um, the uterus into the fallopian tubes and fertilizes an egg. Can you do that in a sexy voice? No, don't, don't, because I'm going to put R. Kelly under all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so having that difference, like from somewhere that's quite conservative coming over here, mm. And did that take you a long time to adjust in how you were thinking about parts of life and like you, even thinking about like talking, even being able to communicate parts of what you were thinking? Yeah, d definitely. So like, because when I, I first moved here for uni and obviously everyone's like getting off at everyone at uni. And I, for me, that was like a, that, that was part of, that was part, form part of my culture shock. Mm. Where I was like, I am not used to people just just be like having casual sex yeah especially for me that was a very young age for people to be having sex mm. and so it was very difficult for me even talk about it and you know i i remember like not like my friends would try and like when they tried to talk about sex i would just avoid i was so awkward about it yeah and then now, now like all i talk about is like sex 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 I was gonna say, as long as i've known you <laughs> like, like every stand-up routine is me talking about sex so we're like wow so you must have gone through um like an amazing process there 
um, sort of being able to understand more about yourself and having that mm. sort of introspection. Yeah, but I had to like it went like I had to go through that process of you know culture shock and then all these different emotions coming to me and then manifesting as like a form of depression. And I was I was so so depressed. Like my uni days were some of my darkest days. How long did that last for? Uh, a few years. Because it's st- I was I was really happy for the first six months I was in the UK, and then suddenly, bam! I was like, I hate everything. Like I don't belong here. I don't belong in myself. I don't understand what myself. I don't understand my own emotions because we didn't talk about sexuality. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about all of these things that were kind of coming at me at such speed. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not us. <laughs> <laughs> But I think the I'm good sorry. point. I think, so, so, yeah. so, 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 do you, so, do you think counseling helped? Like mm. going to counseling. So, the, the first lot of counseling helped me to just get past that shame, and just be like, acknowledge that something is wrong. Acknowledge that it's having a really, really bad impact on you, sometimes even physically, and do something about it. And so that helped me get past that barrier of going to counseling. But I didn't really do it properly at uni, and it's only after I left and when I went back to counseling again. Then I did it properly. I was like, I'm going to go for my appointments and I'm going to go for the therapy. I'm going to do the things that they're trying to help me with. Yeah, exactly. You can do it like you can start stop as many times once. Mm. No like right way of doing it. Mm. It's just actually yeah. eventually. And also doing that, it. that that helped me realise that just because you do counselling doesn't mean you're fixed. Oh Jesus Christ, no. You know, and I think that was that was again, that was like a misconception that I had and probably from like seeing people go for therapy on TV. Oh my god, they're fixed. Like I really thought I could go for counselling once or twice and they'll fix me. And then that realization that no, this is like a journey that you have to take with you for maybe the rest of your life. Mm. So, so hell, out, out of all the people I know, you are possibly one of the most yeah. laid back. Do you ever suffer from mental health issues? Well, I think, like I said, man, it's everything that we all go through at different times in our life. And like I say, it could be triggered by anything. For me personally, it could be something like a girl, like women related, for example. Uh, It could be professional workplace related. Um, You know, for example, the last month I've been feeling really stressed out at work. And I've been getting a lot of anxiety uh, about work and 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 you know i think that's a common thing i think there's some statistics on it you know up to 500,000 of us have workplace anxiety and stress um uh and you know it could be little things you know i'm a straightforward guy like you know i'm really uh, i'm quite sincere with how i have with people and sometimes the politics of the workplace can get me feeling down uh you know the long hours of work but one thing i've learned is you know to embrace that anxiety and i think you know Ozzy just touched upon that it's like, you know, we all get stress and anxiety in our lives and making room for that and, you know, uh, trying to understand that has helped me a lot, I guess. Um, so so yeah. do, you, do you ever, like, do you ever go to counselling? Me, I've never been to, like, official counselling. Like, I do a lot of stuff, like, I keep a journal, for example. Yeah? Yeah, that I write in and it's always about women, by the way. Just to... <laughs> Uh, do, you, so do, you, do you find like a lot of all of your issues come? No, I think turn into like this has gone from uh, a science comedy podcast into hey man, uh, let me talk about your life. Let's talk about your feelings. <laughs> Let's talk about your feelings, man. But, hey, but, but I like, feel pretty hungry right now. <laughs> but, so, so do you find journaling helps? I find being able to contextualize your problems and put them in like a, for example, in a journal where you can read back on them. I think it gives you a lot of like clarity, gives you perspective on your problems and your issues, and that can be very helpful. Like whether that's writing in a journal or talking to someone professional, uh, I think perspective is really helpful. We're trying to put your own problems into context, not only in your own life, but you know, help you keep your big eyes on the bigger picture. Sometimes for me, anyway, for as you know. So, guys, we've come to the end of the program. I think a great way to round it off would be hearing what would you tell yourselves ten years ago. Mine would be just keep going for therapy. And also the, the one thing I've realized is that it, like I would tell myself that it, always, it will always get better. But the thing is, when you go through those ups, when you go through the downs, it's always hard. No matter how many times you've been through it or through therapy, when you go through the downs, it's hard to tell yourself that it's going to get better. But reminding myself that it has gotten better in the past helps me. Mm. What about you, Sahel? Uh, I would say don't give a shit what people think. You know, just focus on you. And try and be be do good in your own life and to your mates and that and people you love and then don't worry about the rest of it. Guys, I think those are some really beautiful points. 
Those answers are of course wrong. The correct answer is invest in Bitcoin. Invest in Bitcoin quickly. Bye Bitcoin. I don't understand Bitcoin. <laughs> I've been Alex and I've been joined by Sahail and Oz. Yo, See yo. you later. Peace. And this has been Why Aren't You A Doctor Yet? Bye. So you might be thinking, oh my God, how do I hear more about this amazing podcast that combines humor, entertainment, pop culture, and cutting edge science? Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys are geniuses and I have questions only they can answer. Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys aren't even real doctors and I know way more about science than them and I want them to know this. So how do I let them know this as quickly as possible? So what you've got to do for us right now is leave us an iTunes review. I know you hear it everywhere, but it's super important because we want that sweet internet validation. Or you can send us your questions or comments by email. It's at whynotdoc at gmail.com. And if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, you can go by social media. It's at whynotadoc on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, iTunes review, follow us on social media, annoy us by email. Thanks. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.